Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, November 12th, and it is a rather late episode uh, that we are getting up here. My apologies for that. It's been a, a very busy morning. Uh, didn't even have time uh, at midnight that I normally record uh, to get something up because I was completely dead tired. Um, and also because um, when Disney Plus decides to release a few hours in advance for some weird reason, uh, you tend to be scrolling through the catalog in its entirety for the better part of about a couple hours. So being on a few hours of sleep and having to take care of a couple of things today, uh, probably not my best strategy, probably not my best idea. But in any event, uh, I am happy that you have tuned on, t- tuned on, tuned in, whatever you want to call it, to this podcast, even if it is a little bit later today. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster. Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice. And as we normally do with every episode uh, to this point, as uh, I was I was informed today that uh, there is a way to look up podcast charts through Apple and Spotify and Stitcher, and I was kind of looking through them. And good news is we're not dead last. We are like 118 out of 200, which I feel very accomplished with. Uh, as, as I've said many times, if it hasn't crashed and burned, uh, it has not failed. And the fact that we are still going strong in this podcast uh, for the better part of a month now, and we're not completely dead last in all the hockey podcasts, I feel good about that. Uh, but if you are listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, a welcome to you. Uh, we are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights Monday through Friday here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And sometimes, depending on the situation, we might do a weekend show depending on how, uh, how things go or what happens. Uh, but we are mostly monday through friday uh, you can follow us on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, stitcher wherever you get your podcasts we're more than likely on that forum uh, if you are on apple Podcasts, uh, please feel free to uh, give us a review give us a rating uh, any good feedback bad feedback indifferent whichever the case may be uh, is tailored to making this podcast better tailored to making me a better host and it helps people find the podcast uh, so any uh, any support you can lend on that is greatly appreciated and you can also follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And you can send us an email if you like sending emails in the year 2019, the year of our Lord, to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So the Golden Knights have returned to practice after a day off on Monday, the day where they came back and completely laid an egg on that four-game road trip, uh, capped off with a 3-2 loss at Detroit on Sunday, the team with the technically speaking, the worst record in the league at the time. Uh, the Golden Knights returned to practice Tuesday after a day off on Monday, their first practice since going 1-2-1 and on that four-game road trip that we had been talking about ever so much on how important it was, and the Golden Knights return home with a 9-7-3 record intact uh, that we completely attempted to lambaste them on on Monday because that was just not the best timing and not the best situation for the Golden Knights to be returning. Uh, however, there is good news on the horizon if you are a Golden Knights fan, and that was the return of 89 to practice today. Alex Tuck returned after missing the entire four-game road trip uh, with an upper body injury that he sustained in the Saturday loss a couple weeks ago to the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Tuck had uh, fortunately not sustained a concussion. Uh, it was just an upper body injury at the, at the hit he took from Adam Lowry, and he was held out for pretty much precautionary measures 
uh, for the entire road trip. So 89 is back. He was skating on the third line today uh, with Cody Glass and Cody Eakin. Um, and based on Tuck being available to speak uh, after practice today, and we will hear from Tuck later on, uh, it is a good sign to note that 89 will be back in the lineup for Wednesday's game when the Golden Knights take on the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, so the lines are pretty much going back to normal. Uh, maintenance day for a couple of people, namely Jonathan Marchessault and William Carrier. Uh, but lines are looking back to normal with uh, Carlson centering with Smith and Marchessault, Stasny with Stone and Patrick Reddy, Eakin centering Glass and Tuck. And then the fourth line, at, to this point, as of now, it was still Nicholas Waugh, Tomas Nosek, or not Tomas Nosek, Nicholas Waugh, Nicholas Waugh centering with William Carrier and Ryan Reeves. If I could talk at a con, at a constant pace, this would be fantastic. Um, so that is good news for the Golden Knights. They obviously do need a spark um, with Alex Tuck being back in the lineup. And for the game and a half that he was in the lineup, the Golden Knights looked very good, and that third line looked very good. Um, but like I said, we will hear from Alex Tuck in a little bit. Uh, also, on the uh, exciting return injury front, uh, something that was not expected on this uh, November day, uh, the Golden Knights' first-round pick of 2019, Peyton Krebs, skated with the Golden Knights today. This was his first team-organized practice uh, since undergoing surgery for his Achilles injury that he had back in June. So a good, very good sign uh, for the young Peyton Krebs who did not participate in dev camp and obviously did not participate in training camp, but uh, he was a fourth line extra for the day. Um, and at some point he should be uh, returning to juniors or he should be uh, on his way uh, to Winnipeg. I believe it is the Winnipeg ice that he still plays for. Um, so good news on that front. Obviously the Golden Knights took, I wouldn't say a risk in drafting Peyton Krebs. Obviously you're not expecting him to make a major contribution at the professional level for at least another couple of years, but to see him four months later on the ice, I think is a fantastic sign. And, uh, that's good news for the Golden Knights. And they're, uh, one of the, probably one of their now top prospects, uh, going forward. Um, speaking of, uh, uh, Cody Glass, as I mentioned earlier, I kind of flip-flopped on that one. Uh, as you would have expect, Glass, Waugh, and Haig all recalled from AHL Chicago one day after uh, they were all reassigned to AHL Chicago. Who really knows if they ever left? I am under the presumption that those three just had a camp out at the Red Rock Hotel and just stayed there the minute they got in, it was announced that... Uh, that they were reassigned to HL Chicago. Again, it, I understand from the standpoint of the salary cap purposes, and uh, Ken Bulky from Sinbin did a fantastic job in uh, detailing that whole situ- situation where the where the team continuously uh, sends guys to the AHL and the NHL. Definitely saves uh, salary cap space uh, for the games that they don't play or the days that they're not on the roster. And it could benefit them at the trade deadline if they've made enough room to actually go after someone who could potentially help them uh, make another run at the Stanley Cup. Um, but all in all, the big news of the day, actually, obviously, is Alex Tuck returning to the lineup. It's a huge boost, um, but we're left to wonder how much of a boost he will provide. Now, we kind of touched on this on Monday's podcast. For all the problems that the Golden Knights are having right now, uh, one player is not going to be an immediate fix. It could be. 
usually there is the situation where one guy's effort can kind of percolate all, all all around the rest of the team. And in this case, when you're talking about a guy who you're going to put on a third line that has been anemic for the better part of all but, what, two two games, so 17 out of 19 games to this point, it's probably going to help you. And anytime you can throw a 50-point guy on the third line, uh, that's likely a benefit. Uh, it's evident that Vegas is good with Tuck in the lineup, and it's bad with him out, as we've seen uh, with the numerous combinations that uh, Gerard Gallant has tried to throw out on that third line with Cody Squared, whether it be Brandon Peary, Tomas Nosek, uh, at the time, Valentin Zikov, no matter who you put in there, the third line just has not been getting it done. And it's going to be an instance where the Golden Knights are going to have to get a spark from somewhere. And you know what? If Alex Tuck can come in and kind of be that dominant presence and be someone whose talent and whose effort can rub off on everybody else, then the Golden Knights are in good shape going into this upcoming stretch of five at home in their next six. And the key for that uh, is if he stays healthy. And he's watched a ton of hockey to this point, Alex Tuck has. And so I asked him a question earlier today after practice and I just wanted to know what has he seen from afar that the Golden Knights have been missing to this point. I, I mean, it's um, it's definitely not just because I'm on, I'm on the sideline. Right. No, it's not at all. It's I think it's um, a little bit. We need a little bit more hunger. I think um, we, we, we we played. We're at our best. We're playing fast. We're playing hard. We're on the forecheck. We're possessing the puck in the zone. And I think um, I think we're as a whole missing a little bit of a step. I think we're staying back and hanging back and almost um, playing the win instead of playing the dominate like I explained before is we want to keep pressuring teams, we want to cause turnovers, we want to play transition hockey and uh, we want to skate hard, forecheck hard, but I mean if it's only one guy doing it, it's not going to work. It's got to be all five, all six guys on the ice at all the same time. And obviously, Gerard Gallant also had the same uh, same mindset when talking about when if Tuck were to come back to the lineup on Wednesday. Said it wasn't 100% definitive, but pretty much gave along the lines of what he expects from the rest of the team, even though Tuck will provide a much-needed boost when he comes back to the lineup. Right now, I'm you know, obviously searching, and I don't think we've played well the last couple of games. You know, we're not creating enough scoring chances, so... Tucky's a big part of our group, you know, he's going to help us a lot with scoring chances, with speed, with forecheck, and he's a big part of it, and one guy can make a big difference, so we got to find it, uh, we got to play better, and we got to look more like a team, we've got some good players that aren't doing a whole lot right now, and we need them playing for better games, so, but we're a group, we, we play good as 20, and we lose as 20, so, again, we got to get, uh, get better than the last couple. So, to kind of reiterate what we touched on, on Monday, and, I know this, the stat I threw out there about Pacioretty's goals have come at the expense of Stone and uh, Stasny not recording a point in uh, four and six games, respectively. But the entire top six, in order for the Golden Knights, I feel, to get fully on track, their entire top six needs to get back to scoring. Now, I'm not saying it's all their fault. I'm not blaming Stone. I'm not blaming Stasny. I'm not blaming Marshall for the reasons why the Golden Knights have been losing. Because at least when you have half of that unit going, it's going to keep you in games. When you have all three of them playing together at a, at a cohesive rate, and they're all working at the same level, that's going to help you tremendously. And you definitely need 
Stone, Stasny to score, to feed off on the Carlson line and have them continue to stay on this pace. And if they continue to stay on this pace and Marshall starts going, Marshall starts to get going, and it's just a consistent domino effect that's going to benefit the Golden Knights at some point. Um, now, this is going to benefit, I think, if those six get going, it's going to help the third line. Because now the pressure isn't really on the third line to produce as much as it was before. Because when Tuck was out of the lineup, you had to rely on Eakin. You had to rely on Glass to carry the scoring load. And with Cody Glass not really having another score or another uh, four-checking force to have opposite him on the, uh, on the left side it definitely does not help matters. And with Cody Eakin, he has not gotten on the goal on the goal sheet at all to, to this point this season. And f- for that reason, you kind of need someone to initiate the forecheck and you need to initiate some you need to have someone initiate the scoring opportunities. And that's what Tuck will bring. Eakin definitely played his best hockey with Tuck in the lineup for one and a half games. I saw Tuck making a lot of great, or not talk, I saw uh, Eakin making a lot of, you know, great plays in front of the net. He had a lot of good scoring chances in those two, in those one and a half games. But you can, you can obviously see the impact of having a guy crash the net, the impact of guy being that net front presence. It's going to help them. And if that line gets going, then the only hope you would have is that the top two lines can get going. But in order for Vegas to really get back on track, those top six altogether need to be scoring at, a, at an electric rate. And I think once that gets going, it'll uh, it'll start kind of uh, simmering down to everybody else in the lineup. I, whether or not that's going to be um, the reality of the situation will remain to be seen. But for one thing I do know for sure, it has definitely probably been a very frustrating couple of seasons for Alex Tuck. Uh, you know, people forget that he missed the first eight games of last season with an injury shortly after he signed a long-term contract uh, to stay in Vegas well up until, what, 2026, 2027. Um, he is definitely someone who proved last year that he is a difference maker, and he was with 11 points uh, in 11 game, in his first 11 games last year. So he is definitely someone who can make an impact at any given moment, and uh, Tuck is, as he mentioned earlier today, he's just very happy to get back onto the ice and uh, with his teammates. It is. I mean, um, like I said, the training staff here, the strength coaches, they stay positive. They keep pushing me. And, um, you know, it's not, it's not easy, especially when the team goes on the road and you have to stay home. But, um, you know what, you just got to work continue to work hard and uh, know that you're going to be back, back on the road with the guys or um, back in the locker room with them soon. Guys, I can tell you with 100% certainty that there are days that I do not want to cook, I'm too lazy to warm up leftovers, and I just want to sit on my couch and have food ready when I want it via the comfort of my own home. DoorDash is here to help with that. Connecting you with your favorite restaurants, DoorDash makes everything easy for you. The ordering, the food choices, the timing, it all works for you. There are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities that use DoorDash. Now, I live in Henderson, and for those of you that also live in Henderson, you know that there are plenty of choices to choose from. I mean, we're talking Cheesecake Factory, Chipotle, Wendy's, McDonald's, etc. Whatever you're craving, 
DoorDash has you covered and they want to help you take some money off your first purchase. And if I made you hungry, you're in luck because my listeners can get $5 off their first purchase of $15 or more. And all you have to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's $5 off for dinner to come to you, not for you to get dinner. That's DoorDash, all one word, enter the promo code Locked On to get $5 off your first purchase of $15 or more, D-O-O-R-D-A-S-H, DoorDash, to get $5 off your first purchase when you download the DoorDash app. So I think the common theme here of entering this game on Wednesday against Chicago is that the Golden Knights need a spark and they need it any way they can get it, whether it comes from Tuck or whether it comes from someone taking over a game or whether it's someone who can have an effective multi-point night. Whatever the case may be, they need a spark and they need to get it from somewhere. I think Nate Schmidt had said it best uh, today as well, saying that the team could use a spark, but it all comes from everyone in the room. It just doesn't come from one person. And obviously, uh, Alex Tuck mentioned that as well uh, when talking about what's missing on this team. Uh, the Golden Knights do not look like uh, the team that everybody knows. They do not look like the team that um, will, had made the playoffs in its first two years of existence. And, there, and again, there's still plenty of hockey to go. Like I don't want to overshadow the fact that there's still 63 games to go uh, going into Wednesday's game against Chicago. But Tuck, if he's come when he comes back, he's immediately going to help him. Whether or not that's the difference for the entire rest of the team remains to be seen. But they do need someone at this point to make plays. They need someone who can start attacking the net, start getting grade A scoring chances. Uh, that's another thing that Gerard Gallant mentioned today. Golden Knights are getting chances, but they're not grade A. They're not crashing the net enough. They're not finding the uh, the entries and the zones that they could, uh, you know, get a puck on net and make it effective, make it effective scoring chance. They're not getting that right now. And with Tuck, you hope that not only will he help in that regard, but he'll also help on the power play. Um, to my knowledge, I do believe uh, that Tuck was on the Carlson unit for the power play. It's been so long. Four games is a long time, guys. I, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. Four games is a very long time. It is a very long time to actually sit and digest what in the world happened and how the lineups have changed. And when he's gone for as many games as he has been, you almost forget the impact that he can make. And he's definitely going to make an impact for the uh, Carlson unit on the power play. Um, but they, the third line needs to get going. And if it is Alex Tuck that can provide that scoring, he definitely did against Montreal. He had the goal against Montreal um, that kind of set the, set the stage for Montreal eventually coming back to win the game. Um, but that's the kind of example that Alex Tuck can give you. That's the kind of play that he can give you on a nightly basis. If he can stay healthy, he's going to help this team tremendously uh, because they do need secondary scoring. And if the secondary, if the secondary scoring does come from Tuck and Glass, um, that's going to help Vegas immensely. It's going to absolutely help them immensely. Um, so I know it's a late episode, but definitely a rather short one. Again, not much has uh, has changed going into this one. Obviously, we, with the big update of Alex Tuck coming back, it has uh, kind of made this news cycle a little less uh, a little less dull and dreary. Um, but we will be back tomorrow to discuss um, the Blackhawks game and what Vegas needs to do 
to get back on track. We're also going to make a little bit of a change to the schedule. I know I mentioned, I believe it was Monday, that we were going to run the mailbag on Wednesday. Uh, Thank you to those of you, by the way, who have uh, emailed or sent over your questions via Twitter. Already greatly appreciated. Gotten a couple of good questions on Facebook as well. Um, So thank you for those questions. Uh, We are going to be moving the mailbag to Friday. Um, because we are going to use Wednesday to break down this upcoming game. And then we will also, uh, on Thursday, we will break down what happened in this game. And we also will have a guest for Thursday's show, which you will definitely not want to miss. And I will leave it at that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll tell you tomorrow. I mean, he, he'll probably say that it's not a big deal that he's coming on the podcast. It's always a big deal when I one, get anybody on the podcast, two, and get this guy on the podcast. It's it's a good time. Uh, and then for Thursday, we're also going to get you ready for the Golden Knights going on that one-game road trip against the Kings. And then uh, Friday will be the mailbag, and we will uh, discuss any and all questions, whether it be VGK-related, NHL-related, Disney Plus-related. It, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun time. I would definitely appreciate some Disney Plus questions. Because, again, I spent a good portion today uh, at 12.30, 1 o'clock this morning, uh, just scrolling through the library, scrolling through the catalog, and I was just amazed at almost everything that they had on there. The only thing that I kind of griped about a little bit was, I don't know if people remember the show Fillmore. It was on, uh, what was what was that secondary Disney channel back in the day? I think it was Toon Disney. It used to be uh, in the channel in one of the 60s. If you had Cox Cable back in the day, uh, it was like on channel 67 or something like that back in the day. And uh, it, it it was cool. It was about this, uh, this kid who was a uh, hall monitor, and they treated it like it was an entire police investigation. It was actually pretty dope. I, I thought it was cool. Uh, they have almost every other show but that one, and I think it was because they never finished it, which was kind of like, meh, fine. I guess I can live with it. Um, we would really like to see Fillmore get on Disney Plus. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, but all the movies are on there. I mean, I, I already added a, a crap ton to my watch list. I mean, what Toy Story one through three is on there. All the seven uh, Star Wars movies to this point, one through seven. I I saw today that Last Jedi won't be available on Disney Plus until uh, the day after Christmas. So if you're planning on doing an, a complete binge watch before Rise of Skywalker, I would highly invest uh, that you do watch one through seven on Disney Plus and then give Disney Plus a break and move to your uh, your DVD and or your digital purchase if you have it on Prime Video like like I do. I, or it might still be on Netflix. There, there is that possibility. I, I'm still rather shocked that Star Wars has even been on Netflix uh, to this point. And we can't forget, obviously, Rogue One. And uh, I don't know. I think I'm in the minority of I didn't like Solo. I, I think I just didn't... I wasn't invested in Solo. It was hard to to enjoy that movie for some weird reason. And I just remember I had to go to work later that night. And I think I was already dead tired. It was me and my wife. We went to downtown Summerlin to watch it. And the only thing I can really remember from that movie was that it just wasn't exciting. I fell asleep. Part of it was because I had to go to work in a few hours. And then on top of that, it was, uh, I think it was Vegas San Jose game three 
um, in the second round in 2018 um, is when we went to watch. I think I have I have to or yeah, I think it was that movie. I think it was Solo that and then it was the same night as uh, Vegas San Jose in game three in the second round. If you recall, uh, William Carlson scored the game winner in overtime. So um, I completely missed that game or at least missed it up until overtime and then. Instead of getting my hour nap before I would go into work at my uh, overnight job, I stayed up watching uh, the Golden Knights steal one out of San Jose. So that that was that was a good that was a good bit of fun. Um, but yeah, uh, gonna try and binge watch a little bit more Disney Plus. I think I think that's the way to go, or at least watch the Star Wars movies and throw in uh, throw in a Toy Story here and there, and throw in Ratatouille. Ratatouille is awesome. If you don't like Ratatouille, I don't think we can be friends. I, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, in any event, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Again, I, I know it's a little bit later of an episode than uh, what we're used to. Um, and and tomorrow, I think we're going to get back on track. We're, we're going to see how things play out today. More than likely, I think, for at least the foreseeable future, we're going to plan on the episodes going up a little bit later. I know I usually set them up to go out maybe 6 a.m., um, for the time being, we might go a little bit later, but we're gonna—we're definitely not gonna go into the afternoon uh, like we have been or like we did today. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And again, you know, Wednesday we'll talk about the game, and then Thursday we have a guest coming on uh, to talk more about the Golden Knights. So that'll do it for us, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading all that jazz. Uh, it is greatly, greatly appreciated, and I love you for it. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights. This has been the Locked on Podcast Network. We will see you guys tomorrow for game day against the Blackhawks. Have a good one, everybody. 